This podcast is presented by the Miami Rescue Mission Broward Outreach Centers, also known as The Caring Place, www.caringplace.org. Welcome to Mission Possible, the good news program with all the good news and more. Brought to you by the Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers, where caring for the needy, feeding the hungry, and changing lives happens every day. Now, here are your hosts for Mission Possible, Ron and Marilyn Brummett. Good morning, South Florida, and welcome to Mission Possible, the good news program brought to you by the Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers. We're known as the Caring Place and have been caring for the homeless and needy since 1922. This is our 97th year of serving the homeless. I'm Ron Brummett. I'm the president here, and I've been here almost 30 years. This is my 29th year. I can't believe it. When I wake up in the morning, I say, wow, where's the time gone? Uh, maybe you feel the same way certain days. Well, good morning again. We have so much to tell you today. Uh, Christmas is coming up in about 10 days. We're gearing up and have been gearing up since beginning of Thanksgiving and be, even before that uh, to give out over 6,000 toys to boys and girls uh, in Miami-Dade and Broward counties. And that's a lot of families, too. We're going to give away clothing and food baskets and so much more. And it's our way during the course of a year to bring some joy, some encouragement, uh, just some help to those that are struggling in our in our communities. Not only do we serve the homeless and the needy that come in off the streets, but we're also serving families and individuals that are just on the cusp of becoming homeless themselves. In fact, during our great Thanksgiving outreach just a few weeks ago, we served over 2,100 people in one day. Uh, we served many meals that day, and 74 men and women made the decision to get off the street and to seek some help, some further help. Now, not all of them have stayed, but praise the Lord, many of them have, and they've started a new life. They've got a new vision. There's a new possibility, and it all started with the meal. And I've said this, and others have echoed it, that we believe uh, in Miami and in Broward, and actually it happens throughout the country, that hope often can begin with a meal. And we're encouraging people to help us with our Christmas celebration and our New Year celebration by going to our website at caringplace.org slash Christmas. That's caringplace.org slash Christmas and make a donation. $2.10 will provide a full meal and much more for the Christmas holidays. In fact, Hanukkah starts, what, on the 22nd, uh, just a few days before Christmas this year and ends on, I think, I believe the 30th. So we have our Christmas and Hanukkah celebration and then people are preparing for the New Year's. And during the holidays, uh, especially for those that are struggling, especially for our homeless that are in our centers, and that's there are almost 700 men, women, and children in our centers, uh, it is tough. And that's why we try to go over the top a little bit, over the board with our Thanksgiving celebration. We want to uh, help them feel like they're part of a bigger family, that uh, years past have been maybe full of failure and, and just bad times, but now there's a new day dawning and there's a new era dawning in their life. And so at Christmas time, not only will we be giving out the 6,000 toys uh, to families, but also toys for our kids in our program and then toys for the men and women in our program, there are children that are not with them at the present. And what a great way to continue to build that relationship, to rebuild maybe a broken bond, 
is to have that interaction with that young boy, that young girl, with their dad or with their mom that maybe they haven't seen in quite a while. And maybe there's a lot of stuff that has to be healed, but this is a way that we can help them. So you can go to our website at Christmas, uh, uh, caringplace.org slash Christmas to make a financial donation. Or while you're on our site, you can go to our toy drive page. And you know something? It's, it's for us. We have been very blessed over the years. Uh, the Lord has always made sure that we've had enough for everyone. But the toughest uh, gifts to get for, for the people that we're trying to give gifts to are the teenagers and the tweens. So as we get a lot of toys for kids, you know, one year old all the way up to nine and ten years old. But when it gets up a little older, where kids, the boys like the basketballs and the soccer balls and sporting equipment and the girls like the cosmetic cases and maybe some upscale art, art type of stuff, we don't get a lot of that at times, and it, it does come in, but we like to have, that's where we really have our shortage in. So uh, to get a um, baseball, glove, football, you know, those kind of sporty equipment, and then something for the ladies too, the young girls. So we're having our toy drive right now. We're going to give them all out on December 23rd, and then on the 25th we'll also be giving toys out. So that's another way that you can get involved. Uh, you can drop them off at one of our centers. Uh, you can drop them off at our thrift store. By, by the way, a lot of people don't know about our thrift store. Uh, our thrift store is located at 8700 Northwest, Northwest 7th Avenue. That's 8700 Northwest 7th Avenue in Miami. It's gorgeous. You've got furniture, clothing, knickknacks. Uh, you name it, we pretty much got it. A great clothing store, as I said. And you can go in there, and as you shop, it's fantastic prices. Uh, those funds are actually going to our programs because many of the people that are in that store are participating in our programs. So they are not only being ministered to and being helped, but they're helping uh, the, the mission and its outlets uh, by helping us with providing labor. And they're also developing work ethics and work habits. You know, if you have been on the streets and you haven't had a job for a long time or you've had a very spotty work history, uh, we want to develop the soft skills that a lot of employers are looking for. Be on time, you know, have a good attitude, uh, follow directions, take initiative, those types of things. And they are very integral, integra integrated into our, our system. So you can help us by shopping there. And also during the holidays, if you're moving out some furniture, or if you have some things that you're just changing out, we will come by your home uh, with our trucks for the larger items the smaller items again we like you to drop them off at one of our centers you can find those addresses on our website and uh we'll use those items either in our centers you know we have a lot of people six seven hundred people coming through our doors every day living on the property uh, a lot of wear and tear on everything a lot of a lot of clothing needs that we have for our men women and children and just you can just imagine your own home if you had company every day you know 30 or 40 people in your home is overstuffed you and what would happen to your furnishings and everything in your home so we really appreciate people when they change out their furniture change out their appliances now we're not looking for things that are you know things that should really go in the trash and sometimes we do get that and that cost us money because now we have to pick it up now we look at it it's not good enough to even have in a person's home so we have to trash it out and many of the furnishing items by the way when our graduates when our men and women get up to a point where they're getting a job and getting a house and getting an apartment that uh, we will help furnish them fully furnish them to get them started you know get them their bed their dressers their 
living room furniture, their bedroom furniture, even appliances and dishes, so that when they walk in those doors, they have everything set up and they're ready set up to succeed. So again, that's our thrift store. And when you go to our website, you'll see a button there to give uh, of your items. And then, of course, we're always looking for volunteers. We're pretty much full for volunteers for, the, for Christmas, but we need volunteers all during the year. And to have volunteers are such a blessing. You know, last year, I think 9,000 people came through our doors to help in some way. Uh, many people like to serve meals, but we need people to prepare the meals. We need people to clean up after the meals. We, we are looking for faith partners in the faith community. Uh, we have a wonderful faith outreach since we are a Christian organization. Uh, by the way, you don't have to be a Christian to take advantage of, of what we have here or to come out and serve. Uh, we we major on the majors, and we just want to help the homeless people sharing the love of God in practical ways like so many other faiths do. And you can come out and be a part of that that ministry and that service. By You can have a prayer ministry. You can come out and do chapels for us, uh, interact with people. And, and again, it's people make the difference in other people's lives. You know, we have a wonderful staff, but we can't do everything. And it is a joy to see um whole entire families come out as in thanksgiving and other times of the year when they come out and they give of their precious time uh to help others so you can give of your money uh but by going to caringplace.org slash christmas and that'd be a wonderful way to help people you know for 21 dollars that's 10 meals uh, as much as you can afford and, and maybe that will be your gift to somebody this year that you don't know you say i'm just going to give a gift out and that's going to go uh, to help feed 100 people you know, that's a couple hundred dollars. Uh, or you can give of your items by, by calling us and contacting us through our website for our thrift store, and you can come out and volunteer. Well, we've got a great program, and especially you got to stay tuned to hear a special testimony of Carlos. So we have a doctor on today that's going to tell you a little bit more about health and bringing in the new year. So God bless you. Thank you for listening. Continue to stay tuned right here on News Radio 610 WIOD for more Mission Possible. Well, this program's all about good news and what's happening in the community. You know, we have so many hundreds of people coming by our centers in Miami and Broward to help us, and we want to try a little something different. We want to reach out to our community and talk about the good news of medical professionals in our, in our areas that are doing great work, are saving lives, and are helping just thousands of people during the course of a year. We're going to do this on an ongoing basis and have this like a health corner. And we want you, as we start the new year, we want people to get fit. We want people to get healthy. We want people to feel better about themselves and uh, just enjoy life a little bit more. So today, and we're going to have Doc on here for quite a few sessions in the upcoming months, but I have Dr. Kaven Amini. Uh, he's a board certified cardiovascular specialist. And just welcome to the program, Doc. Thank you so much, Ron. It's an absolute pleasure to join you. It's an honor. It's also a privilege to be joining your audience today. Well, you know, uh, you are the president of the South Florida Cardiology, Cardiology Consultants. Uh, you're a clinical professor of Nova University at the College of Osteopathic Medicine. You're a national and state speaker. Uh, along with practicing cardiovascular medicine, you've been involved in research and education, educating future student doctors and healthcare providers. Uh, you've lectured throughout the state on heart disease, the business of medicine, and have served on numerous committees, 
that overlook care quality and physician peer review, and you've received numerous recognitions and awards, including top cardiologist by third-party consumer organizations. And I'm sure there's a lot more, and we're just going to get to know you this morning and let our audience know who you are and how you got involved in medicine. Uh, I want people to know that he's actually my personal cardiovascular doctor and I've known him now for many months and he's just been a super 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 uh, doctor a confident an overseer and I know that his patients just speak so highly of him so doctor uh, just tell us a little bit about first of all how you got involved in medicine thank you so much Ron first of all let me begin by thanking you for that uh, flattering uh, introduction uh, like I said, it's an honor to join you. Uh, it's an honor to join your mission. It's a privilege to be with your mission and have the opportunity uh, of a chance of being a speaker to the audience that you serve and the impact you make in our states. And I'm sure the reaches are wider, much farther wide than, than just the uh, radio audience. Uh, it's been a privilege for me to be a physician. Um, I chose this career for many reasons, and I'll, I guess I'll expand more about that. But the fact that I can contribute to my environment, to my surrounding, hopefully make a difference, I think that's critical to existing and thinking uh, outside of oneself. Well, how long have you been practicing medicine right now? I've been practicing medicine since 2001, so about 18 years uh, oh. since I finished medical school. I initially started out by doing your typical, you know, uh, routine most uh, physician, uh, uh, future physician uh, students go through, which is go through an undergraduate program. I subsequently started attending a PhD program where I was given a, a full scholarship in chemistry at University of Miami. And subsequent to that, my heart always uh, earned for something more and something different. And I chose at that point to pursue the path of becoming a physician, went through medical school training, residency programs, and chased pretty much all around the country to finish my training program to be a, a cardiologist. You know, most people that know people in the medical profession, uh, including myself, you know, how do people make that decision when you're growing up? You know, uh, did it just happen to you or did you always want to be a physician? And then when you become a physician, how do you get into that specialist? How do you figure out what I really love to do? I, I don't know if that happens during your residency or pre, but how does that work out really? I think it's, uh, it's one of those questions that's very challenging and difficult to answer because I don't think it's a magic pill that you take or it's a one day you wake up and a light goes off. I think it's a consolidation of experiences, people that come into your life, um, conversations, thoughts, uh, and maybe even dreams and hopes that provokes you to go into the field of medicine. For me, if I have to go back and, you know, it's something I haven't thought to this level, uh, but if I had to go back, I think it... The origin maybe begins with my uh, grandmother, who happened to be incredibly a very holy person, a very godly person. And God was critical in her life, more than anyone I know. Um, she instilled that in me. She instilled that the virtues that God will want for you to give back and make a difference in people's lives is really a truly virtuous option to choose for a career in your path. Uh, subsequently to that value that I gained, um, I think after that, uh, different experiences and values came from my family. And I come from a family of uh, four brothers. They're all very successful and driven in their own, go in their own fields, making you know, contributions to, to our universe, essentially. But, uh, but my father was a very, very uh, strong, driven champion of, of knowledge, academics, 
Uh, he was a very driven person and very much about duty and service, which is himself was involved in, in, in serving the public at the time uh, when he was younger. He pushed me in the arena of, of more education and service. My mother, on the other hand, was someone of a, a complete compassion, empathy, sympathy, and love, and showing caring to your environment and making a difference that way. So essentially, I came from the uh, artistic side and, and the liberal side from my mother's side, my father's side, the conservative and business and education. And I found myself going through various options and growing up that there was a career that would allow me to practice and emulate lessons I learned from my grandmother about God, lessons I learned from my mother and my father. And that career slowly became clear that medicine was a path for me where there are many fields we can make a difference in people's lives. But in this particular field, we can actually include empathy and sympathy and compassion not just maybe create something that improves people's lives, but actually directly impact their lives with sympathy and compassion. And so, like yourself, one of the career, your particular career, as I know, I think you've incorporated probably some similar values of, of using compassion as your career. And so this ended up being right, and, and kind of a couple more stories to say about that topic. Uh, I remember a, a, a quick story I'll share with you. I was talking about, you know, the particular field I was going to pursue with my father one time. And my brothers are very successful and some of them are in the high tech industry and, you know, they're at the executive level. And my father said something to me and said, look, your brother is very well off and very successful. Uh, he's financially very secure. But when there is a gathering or an event or a family meeting, they're going to introduce him as Mr. Amini. When you come in, and if you choose that career, irrelevant of your financial status, and it doesn't matter, you're gonna be introduced as a doctor, Amini. There is this particular meaning this has to people, has a meaning of honor, virtue, education, caring and compassion to people, that that's priceless. And there's no price you can put on that. And that's why that's a better virtuous career for you, especially what I wanted. So, other things, you know, that one man can make a difference in various events and shows and TV shows that I just found fascination with. So I realized that, yes, medicine is one that consolidates all these aspects, all these feelings into one that you could make an impact. And so, therefore, I chose to do medicine and become a doctor. Well, you know, as a Christian and as a Christian organization uh, and working with the homeless, I'm not going to ever get super rich or anyone with the uh, Miami Rescue Mission or Broward Outreach Centers, but it is, I would imagine, for a doctor or anyone in the medical field, it had to be a calling, like a nurse or a doctor, to say, you know, maybe you're going to some would like to chase the dollars, but it's really about the calling. You know, how can I serve and help people? Now, uh, we're going to learn a lot more about you in the, in the <laughs> next coming episodes, but as just quickly, uh, as we approach a new year, this is where everyone makes their resolutions. You know, we're going to do this and do that and do that. What would you say for the average person that's listening today? They're going to go into an exercise routine. Uh, maybe they're in their late 30s, mid 40s. Uh, what would you suggest to them knowing the way that the, the heart uh, affects the body? Yes. So I think the, the most important message, if I had to give a message, it's not about the heart. It's not about the money. It's not about the holidays. And it's not about the gifts. It's about them individually. It's about hope. It's about don't give up. Cut yourself a break and give yourself a chance. 
it's never too late to start. Mm. It's never too late to turn and go down the road of a better path. It's never too late, year, 10 years, 90 years old. It's never too late. If you believe it and you want it, you can and don't give up. I couldn't have said that better. Uh, New Year's coming up. Whatever's happened this past year, don't give up. Uh, And Dr. Amini, it's been a joy to have you on today. We're going to have you on again, and we're going to talk more about all things health and all things life. So God bless you, and thank you for being here today. You too. It's been a pleasure, and thank you again for the opportunity. Leanne Navarro here, the Senior Community Development Associate for the Miami and the Hollywood campus. Uh, so excited to have with us in the studio today, Sikh Matthias. Welcome, Sikh. How are you? Good morning, Leanne. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing fantastic. So good to see you. I mean, I see you and I, I interviewed uh, last week someone else that went to the gala with us. And, and I see you guys and I think of that beautiful gala that we hosted to benefit the women and children. It was a humbling experience. And thank you, uh, Miami Rescue, for having me because it was outstanding gala. I, I have to agree with you. So many people, the women, the men in attendance, everybody just looks so beautiful. But let me tell you about one of my favorite, and I had many favorite moments and many favorite things about this gala. But one of my favorite things is the art that you provided, that you allow us to borrow so that we could decorate the room. Um, tell us what it was. What did you let us have for this event, Seek? Well, um, images, right? Images are very powerful. At times, we could, you know, pick up a pen and write something, right? But when the image is in front of you, it gives you a different um, perspective. So, the image that um, that most of the individuals were there experienced was mainly about um, domestic violence, right? Yes. The backdrop that was used for those photos was that of an empty, broken home. Yes. So, in a sense, that's what domestic violence is, right? Those, uh, when you look at it, it's about a broken home. It's about broken people, right? Because once the ha- the home is broken, people that live in that house, and and that includes everybody, right? Yes, exactly. And I'm getting a little bit emotional just thinking about it because it's taking me back when I actually did the photo shoot. Um, It's internal. Yes. A lot of it. One of the images, actually, you could see where the individual um, was being kind of like, you know, hunted by shadow, right? Yes. The one with the hammer. Yes. Yes. And, And a lot of the times it's the fear of not being able to speak about it. But yes, he's hovering by the window with some light coming in to show, is there any light that could be provided to me for me not to be in this uh, relationship or this position while she's reading the Bible? I'm getting goosies just talking about it because the images are powerful. And I want to invite all of our listeners. I know that you are part. You do all this through a wonderful organization. And I want you to give our listeners the website because I don't want to run out of time without they, you know, getting that information. Um, yes. Um, well, apart from the website for Miami Rescue, I could provide um, where they have a direct link from there. But the reflection of me, um, I haven't uploaded them there yet, but the reflection of me is where um, 
you could go and see some of those images yes absolutely and that's the website the yeah. reflection of me yeah if, if, if a reflection of me.org that org okay yeah. so www.areflectionofme.org and can our listeners see other images there or just these images well um, that website is about empowering teaching and using artistic images right and expressions to promote social justice and inspire love of culture and the, you know, and that's where you can see a lot of the images that reflect. Um, and they're for sale. People can buy them. Yeah, people can right? buy them. Yeah, so you you heard Seek. I mean, I want you to see. He is among many other talents that this wonderful guy has. He is an artist. And again, all the guests that were invited to the gala, they were very impressed by your art. I kept on getting compliments. People were coming up to me. Oh, my God, who's the artist? I mean, we added you to the program because we thought it was important that people could see who was responsible for the beautiful artwork that we receive. Seek, I want to thank you. I'm so grateful to you and what you did for us. Uh, I, I hope our people, our listeners can come, go to the website and actually find you. And, and thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Lee, and thanks for having me. Well, once again, we're at that part of the program where we're going to hear a life-changing story, testimony, and I just want to say um, we're going to be interviewing Carlos, and wow, does he have a story. So I don't want to waste too much time, Carlos. Thank you for being with us on this program. Uh, thank you for having me. Well, Carlos, we're going to be back in time um, you had a difficult childhood. I think you said you were raised by a single mom. So address that a little bit and uh, exactly what kind of led you off uh, maybe the, to in the wrong way. Yes, I was raised by my mom was single and we were, uh, she worked but we were poor. And uh, at, at a young age, I was attracted to the to the money that the, that the gang, the gang members made and, and how, you know, how they lived. They lived a nice life, so I was attracted. That's how I started get in, in getting in the gang. I got I was attracted to that to the money. So um, you were here in uh, Miami, Florida. So you were part yes, of the gang right here in Miami. Yes, ma'am. And uh, you didn't finish high school. No, no, I, I got kicked out of high school. Okay. So was you a gang leader? Was you a gang member? Yeah, a gang member. Now, that didn't really go well because you ended up in prison. Yes, I, I ended up uh, uh, for doing armed robberies and, and to, to maintain that lifestyle. We didn't need to do armed robberies. So I got, uh, well, I got, I, I got caught and uh, I spent 32 years in, in the prison system. Now, that 32 years in the prison system, I know you talked a little bit off air here. Um, that really wasn't a good experience. I mean, you didn't, you weren't introduced to God. You didn't have, uh, you just almost continued the life of being like a gang member. Yes, yes. I never, I never went, went to church while I was in prison. And, and uh, I was always trying to hustle, trying to uh, sell, sell whatever drugs I get my hands on so I could use. I sell and use. And this is in the 30 some years that you're in prison you're still operating on that lifestyle even in prison you're still using drugs yes yes i i, I used drugs the whole time i was in prison so that might be an eye-opener to some people who are listening um you're in prison but that that 
that uh, catalyst of being and available of having drugs has not stopped. No, no, no. It's it's, it's really good, or easy to get. It's it's, a, it's in every prison you go to. It's it's plenty of drugs. Now, I I can't even imagine thirty some years. I mean, to me, that's just that's such a long, long time. Is there any part of that experience you want to talk about? Well, the, the whole time while I while I was doing it, I I really wasn't focused on nothing else but just staying high and 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 not not getting not letting the pressure control me like that the pressure so I used to get high and I really didn't think about my release what I or nothing till I got close to getting released and then I started uh with all the guys talking to me I started uh opening up to to understanding that I I said I was sick and tired of being in prison I have been all them I lost all them years and I knew that I had to make a change because I didn't want to come back. I, I, I felt this, this, this very strong in me. It was so strong that I used to stay up at night. The last 10 days before I got out, I, I used to stay up late night and just uh, promise myself I wasn't going to uh, get into nothing that brought me back to, to, this, to, this, to that horrible life like that. I didn't want to live that life no more. So you had kind of a mindset as you left that whatever it was going to take uh, to make a change, you, you were looking for it. I heard you had a list of places you could go. Miami Rescue Mission was on it. You didn't know why you chose it, but you liked the area it was in. So when we come back right after the break, we're going to find out what was your experience as you came in to the Miami Rescue Mission. Well, we're talking to Carlos, and he is telling his story. And, wow, what a story, Carlos, you are telling. Um, you have been incarcerated for over 30 years. Uh, when you were at that point in prison, and you were living the lifestyle in prison of almost like somebody on the street, is that you're using drugs, you're selling drugs, um, actually in the prison um, environment. But as you now, you're getting close to being, okay, you're going to be free. Where do you go from there? And you said you had a list, and uh, let's talk about finding the Miami Rescue Mission in your first days here. Let's talk about that. Why did you pick the Miami Rescue Mission? Well, I, um, the classification officer gave me a list before I got released, and and, uh, and and I picked the Miami Rescue Mission because I liked the address where it was at because I've always lived in the northwest area. So... It wasn't any more than that. Just, a, mm -hmm. hey, I like the address, so we'll, we'll pick this place. Were you a little bit shocked when you came into this environment to find it, it it's really different? Yes, I was really shocked because after living all them years, we were around uh, so much negativity and so much uh, hate and everybody, you know, nobody tries to help you. I was really shocked to come in. To a place that everybody uh, walking around with positive, uh, positive language and talking, uh, talking positive and 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 trying to lead you to the right track. So it was really uh, a big change for me. I, I felt I, I really I, I got drawn back. I drawn back because I didn't know how to how to how to how to interact at first because I, I was used to just talking negative and, and thinking everything bad about everything. So I. I really, I was just quiet a lot at first, the first days there, and uh, 
everything it was just a slow process of me getting back getting getting changing into into thinking about the the positivity and and then the and then and hearing the word of God every day, uh, going to chapel, mm. and 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 hearing uh, hearing hearing the word of God like that for the first time, it really, it really shocked me at first. The the word love and all that really shocked me, because I wasn't used to that. So, everything was a slow process, till I till till I, I started understanding and, and, and getting into getting into it. Wow, and. At the mission, it is very structured. Uh, I mean, that's, maybe that's the similarity a little bit between prison, and yet our structure is really structured because you, you know, the time you get up in the morning, you go to breakfast, you go to devotion, um, you have uh, Christian service assignments where you're part of the ministry, you go to education center, you must spend two hours a day in the education department, you have a case manager who is... Uh, making sure that you're you're hitting all the marks going to all your classes now even though all that structure now that could be where you either like it or you don't like it and one thing about the mission we only have locks stopping people from coming in to hurt you but you can always leave whenever you want to you couldn't do that in prison so what kept what what made that stick and stay in your in your mind to say okay i'm just going to continue here well, really, by me being institutionalized like that so many years, I was really, really, rules were not new to me because prison had rules even though I broke them up, but they had rules. So that part wasn't wasn't uh, uh, hard for me being in the building because I'm, I'm used to being in a building. But what was hard for me was the, the, the love, the, the, the positivity, Get changing over into that, you know, getting releasing all that, all that that I brought with me in my mind. Get changing that, uh, and and that was what was hard. But till it slowly started, uh, I just slowly started adapting, and and and, and then I, I started changing uh, to where I was feeling a whole lot better than when I got there. I was feeling like this was the place I needed to be at. Well, Carlos, we're at the end of the interview, but you told me off air that now you're working on disability and permanent housing, which the mission is helping you with, and you know you're on a path of success and going forward, and there is a bright future. Thank you, Carlos, okay, for sharing you. your story. Okay, thank you. Wow, what a great testimony from Carlos. You know, that is the highlight of this program. It's great to have great guests on and to talk about what's good in the community. That's the whole intent of this program, Mission Possible, the good news program. But the best news is when we hear about a changed life, about a person who's really come from some hard times in life and made some bad decisions, but now is on a better path. You know, we can't do this and what we do without your help. God bless you. Thank you for thinking of others. Thank you for compassion. Thank you for your generosity. Uh, we're gearing up for Christmas right now. We're going to have uh, over 6,000 toys be given out. A great day of celebration. We're going to share God's love in practical way. We're going to encourage people, the homeless, that are going to come to us that day to get off the street. You know, we did that in Thanksgiving. And 74 men and women decided to get off the street in one day 
74 men and women were uh, able to come off the street and enter to one of our life-changing programs. We're going to offer that again. We do it every day, but this is a little highlight. This is a little buzz, a little sizzle that we can say, hey, come, you're going to get something. But while you're here, you're going to be encouraged uh, to make a decision. You don't have to stay on the street. People love you. The community loves you. We're rallying around you. We want the best for you. Certainly, God wants the very best for you so you can make that decision to come off the street. So we do need your help. Uh, our Christmas celebration is going to be on the 23rd. We're also going to do something on the 25th. But the big outreach in Miami-Dade and Broward is going to be on the 23rd. Uh, for $2.10, you can help sponsor a meal this Christmas and beyond. Uh, for $21, that's 10 meals. Maybe this will be your way of making a special gift in honor of someone for the holidays. You know, we have um, Hanukkah is going to start on the 22nd up to the 30th. We have Christmas on the 25th. And then following that, we have the New Year's celebration coming up. And we want to make it as nice as possible for people that are in our centers that are going through our programs. It's probably one of the you know, the loneliest times of the season is when you're in a shelter, you're in a center, even though you're working on yourself and maybe you have your children with you, maybe you don't. Maybe you're separated from your children. And it's just the, 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 the ghost of the past comes to haunt you. You know, you should have done this, you're a failure, you weren't doing you weren't a very good parent, you lost a lot of money, you ruined your health. Uh, you hurt your family and those feelings come back and you say I'm not really worth it and and so we're trying to say yes you are worth it God loves you God has a plan for you people in the community are supporting you uh, you are now embarking on a new chapter in your life in fact for many it's a new book in their life they, they're putting the old book aside and we want to make sure that they have um, things that they would not normally have if they weren't in our center so we go over the top a little bit and that's with our gifts for their men and women. Not only do we have gifts for the children, but we'll have clothing articles and special items that have been donated to us. And we'll have special dinners and times of celebrations and music and caroling and just great food and great time and a lot of prayer and just letting all of them know that uh, things are going to get better in the new year. And you, again, your help is so vital. So you go to caringplace.org slash Christmas, or we also still need some toys. And the hardest toys for us to receive are the toys for the older children. Now, I'm not looking at uh, gaming systems like, you know, Playstations or Xboxes, but we're looking at sports equipment and cosmetic cases and so on that the older kids, the tweens and the teenagers will enjoy skateboards, uh, just things that you know that kids that age would like. And even art, art things. People like to do the art coloring things with the uh, upper graded uh, arts and pastel colors and all that they can put on boards. You know, we are going to have a great time that day. And I pray that your family is also going to have a great time. You know, this is a very stressful time of year. People are out there. The traffic is terrible. People are going to the stores and, and people are trying to get everything taken care of. So you rest yourself. You relax yourself. And tune in next Sunday right here on News Radio 610 WIOD for more Mission Possible. This podcast was presented by the Miami Rescue Mission Broward Outreach Centers, also known as The Caring Place. www.caringplace.org.